Hello, everybody, and welcome to the AMPM podcast. My name is Manny Coates, and I will be your host. And this is the show where we discuss all things Amazon private label and how to generate recurring revenue streams 24 hours per day during the AM and the PM, hence the name of the show. Get it? AMPM podcast. Hello, everybody. Manny Coates here, and I'm excited because I'm joined by my good friend, Mr. Kevin King. Kevin, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Manny. Glad to be here. It's been a while. It hasn't been that long. We actually came <laughs> from Amsterdam. Uh, we had a good time out there, and we were talking, and we thought, you know what would be really cool? Since I've been kind of on hiatus from the podcast for a while, why don't we come back and go to, ba- you know, come back to basics? And Kevin said, yeah, let's do like a, a two or three part series. So we kind of broke things down. We're like, you know what? That would be really, really cool. So that's what we're going to do today. Kevin is actually uh, going to be the guy that's answering my questions. So we're not, we're, I don't think we're going to flip it around. We might, but the first, uh, this is going to be th- three podcasts. Okay. The first podcast is going to be on how to pick profitable products. The second podcast is going to be on creating a fantastic product listing. And then the third one is going to be driving traffic to your Amazon listing, you know, to actually get sales. So that's at least that's the format we're thinking about doing. If it changes as we go, um, you'll know because <laughs> we're going to be doing this live here. So Kevin, are you ready for this? I'm ready, man. I'm ready to help some uh, people uh, learn about Amazon. All right. Well, before we get started, for those of you that are new and might not know who I am, my name is Manny Coates. I'm the CEO and founder of Helium 10. I also have this podcast that you're listening to. Mr. Kevin King is uh, one of my very first guests on the podcast, probably the podcast that blew the podcast up. It was super famous, super awesome. People really loved it. And uh, since then, Kevin and I have partnered up on a variety of things. We do uh, an advanced mastermind called the Illuminati mastermind training. It's uh, really, really cool. We actually have an event every year that is spectacular. Kevin is a speaker pretty much. I think almost every single event out there, Kevin, I think you've spoken at, right? Uh, I've spoken at quite a few. Yeah. I think I'm up to 20 something this year. Yeah. And Kevin's cool. uh, You've been to what? 90, how many is it now? 93 countries around the world? 92? Uh, I'm in 92. 92. Yeah. After speaking in Romania and the Ukraine at Amazon events uh, earlier this year, that gave me a 91 and 92. There you go. So that's, uh, that's kind of a goal that I'm going to shoot for. I think I'm at nine. (laughs) <laughs> not even, not even uh, 10 yet. So I don't know. We're going to, we're going to see what we can do. But yeah, Kevin's spoken everywhere. He's the guy, honestly, that the pros go to, the experts go to when they have questions. He's an encyclopedia of all things Amazon. The guy has, I believe, a ph- photographic memory. I'm not, I'm not just saying that when it comes to Amazon stuff. If I forget something, I ask him and he's like, yeah, it was this. And it was like three years ago, right? So he's going to lay down um, all the the basics for you right now. And guys, I, I want to emphasize this. This is, this is important that you're actually watching this or listening to this podcast right now, depending on, on which version you're looking at. Things change, right? What was relevant last year isn't relevant today, most likely, right? The rules that applied on Amazon back in podcast episode 20 might get you suspended now because Amazon has changed the rules, right? On let's say reviews or something. So Kevin's going to lay it down as it is right now uh, in the, at the end of 2018. And uh, yeah, we're just going to go from there. Anything you want to mention before we get started, Kevin? Anything I missed? No, I think you, you did it well. I'm excited to try to help some people out. Cool. All right. So we'll get started. All right. So somebody wants to get into Amazon and they don't know where to start. We've, we've all heard training we've, uh, where people say, hey, just look around your house and try to find a product or you know, maybe you'll see something. But the problem with that is then everybody ends up doing 
cutting boards or barbecue grill uh, uh, scrubbers or whatever, right? So how should somebody actually find or pick a profitable product, first of all? Sure. Um, everything is in the product on Amazon. So if you're going to sell, uh, do private, what we're talking about today is primarily private label. There's lots of different ways to sell on Amazon, but what we're focusing on is the private label side, which I believe, and I think you believe Manny is the best, uh, best way to have the most control and, and make the most uh, money uh, potentially. Uh, but so the old way, I mean, you know, there used to be the courses would come out, uh, all these different courses, and they give you a list of a hundred different uh, great product ideas. If you ever see one of those, run as far as you can. It's just like you just you said, you know, that, that that's everybody, um, everybody's doing the same thing. And then other courses will teach you, make sure it weighs between this much and this much, and it's cost between this much and this much. And the problem is then people go and they use all these different tools out there and everybody thinks they found, they found something. Uh, but in reality, so did about 100 other people. And by the time they launch it, you know, our, our friend uh, Tim Jordan, who, who's been on your podcast a few times, he says every time he sees it, something, it's like, it's like a, the same people find the same thing. And they, he, 100 people will send in uh, weighted baby blankets, for example, all of a sudden, and nobody makes any money. And so the key is you've got to, f you've got to find products on Amazon where there's an opportunity and not go by the – the, here's the eight steps that, that you see in a YouTube post or you see in a, a blog or you saw in some other course. You've got to think outside the box. And so one of the biggest opportunities right now is in, in the oversized stuff and, and the heavier stuff. There's tremendous opportunity in the stuff that costs a little bit more money. You know, maybe the stuff that costs 100 bucks or it's $150 to on Amazon. Um, and most people shy away from that because they don't sell. They, they think they can't sell as much or make as much money or maybe it's a little bit higher barrier to entry. But there's great opportunity there. And the thing since, you know, we, you and I have been doing this like three years, the thing that's changed the most are the tools that are out there. And just in the last six months, you know, Helium 10's come out with a black box tool, for example. And there's a few other tools out there. But these tools have enabled you. There's like 500 million products on Amazon in the U.S. alone, Amazon.com. Forget about Europe and everywhere else. But just in the U.S., and just to go through that and figure out where the opportunities are. You could use keyword tools and see where the demand is. But a lot of times, you know, those keyword tools can be misleading. Where, where you see high demand it is not high conversion. Uh, it's just high comp means high competition. And so the best way I believe right now uh, to find products is not to walk around your house and picking up things and I could sell this, I can sell this. It's also not to come up with a new product idea. Some people always like, hey, I've invented a better mousetrap. I got this great idea. I'm going to patent it. Let's put it on Amazon. And that's not the best way to do it either. The best way is to find out where the demand is on Amazon and where there's a hole that you can fill. And it, you can squeeze in there where the competition is not too great or there's an opportunity to fix a problem with another product. And the best way to do that, in my opinion right now, is to use tools like Blackbox that uh, Helium 10 has, where you can go in, you, there's like 20 different knobs you can turn in this tool uh, to, to see who's missing pictures, to see who's, uh, I got a problem with the reviews, but they're still selling well, to see who uh, is doing this kind of volume. Um, all kinds of crazy stuff, what used to take us weeks to find, you can now find in literally minutes. And you can narrow down to 200 opportunities, uh, perhaps, you know, depending on what you're trying to do by category or, or by niche, and then evaluate those. And it, that, in my opinion, is the best way to find products uh, today on Amazon, to sell on Amazon. Awesome. So you, let's go back a little bit. You mentioned oversized products. So let's talk uh, about that specifically. When I've, when I've taught about this, um, one of the things I like about oversized products, uh, you mentioned, you know, there's, there's less people in that category in that particular, for that particular product. But that also typically means because they're more expensive, usually oversized products are more expensive 
which means there's typically less reviews because there's less sales, right? You make a lot more profit per unit. So instead of there being 2000 reviews, maybe there's only 150 reviews. Is that, how important is that? Yeah, reviews are important uh, too when you're looking and when you're evaluating a product. I mean, I have in my Freedom Ticket course at freedomticket.com, which is a course for new people, I, I, t- I teach a 10-point method uh, called the Freedom Ticket uh, product test and and one of those one of those criteria that you look at is the number of reviews uh, and so if there's a lot of products with a tremendous amount of reviews that's that may give you pause but sometimes even though products that have a lot of reviews there might be four or five guys that have a lot of reviews but if there's depth um, and there's uh, you know down at number 15 the guy is still selling 20 a day, you can come in there and compete. So a lot, of, a lot of these software tools out there, they give star ratings and they give ratings for products and it's, it's just based on an algorithm. But I, I like to look at it more from what, what can I do? Where, where's the opportunity? Because a human can evaluate much better than a tool can. The tools get you to the, get you to the uh, promised land, but then, then you got to go and pray to Jesus once, once you're there. Um, so that, that's, that's what I, how I see it. So um, oversized can be great because you don't have to sell as many. You could sell, you know, five units a day of an oversized. It can have a BSR of, you know, 20,000 or something in some category. Yeah. It still make you a tremendous amount of money versus a, with a lot less competition where everybody else is trying to get these low BSRs of, which is stands for best seller rank. Uh, top selling products are selling a hundred, 200 a day, but their margins are like a buck or two bucks or something on them. And they're fighting off Chinese, uh, ha- uh, uh, guys coming on and factories that are selling direct and all kinds of other things. It's, it's, it can become a nightmare. Yeah. And and the other, the other thing also is it, when, when you're going for a standard size product and you see people doing this all the time, they, they'll source a product and they'll sell it for $12 online or $13, something really small. And it leaves you almost no margin, right? So, so you're, you're dealing with such small profits that it doesn't leave you a lot to do any kind of serious launches, any kind of sponsored ads. It doesn't really account for returns by the end of the, the year, I guess, or the end of the month or end of the day even, people think they're making profit. They're like, yeah, man, I sold all, all my units. And when they do all the numbers, if they use one of your spreadsheets that you, guys, that you have actually, they'll see that they actually lost money or they maybe they didn't even make any money or very little margin, right? Yeah, I hear it all the time, people on Facebook. I've got 40% margins or 50% margins. And I'm not going to say that doesn't happen. I mean, there, there are people that win the, the, the lottery from time to time. Uh, but most of those people I call bullshit. They don't know their real numbers. I mean, I like to say that if you're sourcing a product, you need to at least four to five extra sourcing costs, your landing cost. So if, if it's going to cost you $4 let's say you found a product that you can source for $4, you need to be selling that for at least 20 bucks in order to have to meet about a 20 to 30% bottom line margin at the end of the day. Most big sellers, after they factor in all costs, storage fees, shipping, returns, at PPC, everything, they're usually in that 15 to 20% or so range of, of, of net profit. Uh, some are a little bit higher, but that's, that's more of, of the average. And so you need that four to five X uh, of, the, of the cost. I just saw this happen with one of my students in the Freedom Ticket. They, they sourced a product, their, their cost was, landing cost was $8 and 50 cents, I believe. Um, and uh, actually, uh, you know, it's actually twelve dollars, and the max they could sell this for was like twenty four ninety nine. There's Amazon typically takes about thirty percent in their fees, just as a general rule of thumb. So he had no room to work. He had like three dollars uh, of room to work for PPC and storage and everything else. There's just no way to make money on that. Hmm. Um, so, and that's the the money. A lot of times uh, is made in the sourcing. 
uh, not in the selling. And so uh, most people don't realize that. So he, he, this person was like, should I just give up on this product? And I was like, oh, no, not necessarily. It's a great opportunity. It meets all the other uh, criteria, the freedom ticket test. Uh, it's great demand. There's great opportunity there, but you're just way overpaying for it and not realizing, um, you know, that there just is no room to work. And so most people, they don't do their numbers. All right. So Kevin, how do you, how does somebody go about finding a product? You mentioned black box and finding a product. There's, you know, I believe the tool tracks over 450 million ASINs now. So if somebody finds something in there that they like, how, how would you figure out whether that's going to be a successful product, whether it's actually going to be selling on Amazon or not? Do you have anything? Is there any way to know on your side? Well, yeah, the first thing is on, on black box is the first thing is if I find a product I'm interested in, I do, I put some criteria in there and, and there's not a set criteria. I don't say put these, you know, there's like 20 different uh, fields that you can filter by. And I, I say play around with it. Depends on your needs, depends on your, how much money you have, depends on what you, where you're trying to compete. What would so you search for? For example, if, how would you set it up? So I would set it up. Uh, my initial it depends on the budget. So, I mean, it depends on how much money I have to spend. So if I've only got $5,000 to say to invest in this business, I'm new and I've got $5,000 to invest. I'm trying, trying to find a product. I would back that up. What I recommend that you, to your, you, your uh, investment, um, people always say, how much do I need to invest? And it's two and a half times your initial inventory. So if I have five grand, you got to divide that by two and a half. So that's like $2,000. That's $2,000 times 2.5 is five grand. So I can spend about $2,000 on my initial inventory. Um, because, and the reason I say that is because if you're successful, you're going to have to order your second batch of inventory before you've been paid for your first one. And the mm. worst thing you can do on Amazon is to run out of stock. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a killer. And you run out of stock for an extended period of time, it's like starting over again. You're just wasting money. Then you're going to need some money for advertising and some other things. So you need... Uh, so, so that would be my number one. So if I had five grand, I would start with, I, okay, I have $2,000 uh, to spend. So I need to find an opportunity where I can spend no more than $2,000 buying the product. So I'm going to go in and I'm going to use the parameters there based on the pricing. So the pricing of a product would be, uh, you know, at $2,000, if I'm going to go after a, a, a bigger item, let's say it's one of these, uh, um, uh, hundred, uh, something that sells for $100, let's say. And it sells like uh, that means if, if at $100, I can buy about 200 of these, um, uh, I mean, 20 of these. I, I'm sorry, no. It sells for 100 bucks, but I can buy it, let's say, for 20 bucks. So that means I can buy, uh, you know, 20,000 divided by 100. 20. I can buy 100 of them. So, yeah, so I can buy 100 of them. It sells. I, I'd like to have at least two months of inventory when I'm starting. Um, I, mean, I have a formula that I teach in the Freedom Ticket that gives you this exact number, but let's just for today's sake say it's a, a two months of inventory. That means I need to find something that sells – it, uh, roughly two to three per day uh, because I'm also going to have to use some as what's called a giveaway. When I launch the product, I think we'll talk about that in another episode where I have to give away a certain number of these per day. So I'm going to look at something that sells, that sells about two or three units per day. So I'm going to go into to black box and in there, you can put the monthly sales. So I'm going to put something that costs between, I'm a, since I'm targeting a hundred bucks, I'm going to say between like 80 bucks and a say $125 to give myself a little bit of playroom on each side. So I'm going to put that in the parameters. I'm going to put the sale monthly sales because you get, there's a, a, a field in there where you can put monthly sales. I'm going to take that two per day times 30. So I'm going to say, I'm looking for something that's between 50 and 75. I'm going to put a little, you know, goose it on each end, 50 and 75 sales per day. Um, then I'm going to go in and I'm going to look for, uh, 
uh, there's some other criteria. I'm going to look for problem ones that have problems. So the maximum review uh, rating is like a four, maybe a three and a half or a four. That tells me there's an opportunity on, on this particular product where there, there's something I can go in and fix. Maybe this, this guy is still selling a bunch. I'm also going to look for someone. I don't want someone that just launched because it could be influenced. So I'm going to put someone that might have at least 10 reviews, maybe 10 or 20. So I'm going to put in the review column on black box, say 10 reviews, say a maximum of a 200. Because I want to find someone that doesn't have a, a, a crap load of reviews, but they're still doing pretty good. So maybe between a 10, 10 reviews minimum and 200 maximum. And I'm going to go into the advanced filters. I'm doing this all by memory now. I'm not leaving looking <laughs> at the screen. That's I'm good. Gonna, I'm going to do, do uh, uh, then I'm going to go in and uh, do uh, some of the advanced filters. And I'm going to look for people that, that only have two pictures or less on their image, on their, on their listing. So I can do that in black box. I can say, find me all the products that made all the criteria that I said before, uh, but they only have two pictures or less on their, on their listing. That means they, they are not doing a very good job on their listing. Then I'm going to go in and maybe say that they're FBM. It's another filter because I want people that are FBM and they're still doing pretty good. If I make that product and put it FBA, I have a major advantage because it becomes Amazon Prime. And then I'm going to go in and maybe put that there's only one seller. Uh, there's another filter there where you can do one, say there's one seller. I might start there. You know, that, that's what, eight or nine filters out of the 20 or something. Uh, and, and I'm going to see what comes back. And I may hit, I may find something right away. And if I don't, I'm going to go and adjust those filters a little bit and just massage them up and down, maybe add one of the, there's some other filters in there you can do um, and, and massage it a little bit until I find something. And then once I find something that looks interesting, I'm like, okay, let me get, take a look at this. And, and black box will tell me how much it costs to store it, uh, how much the fees are. So I can get an idea of what my monthly fees are going to be for this item. I'm going to go over and I'm going to do a, a, a Cerebro uh, search, which is another Helium 10 tool. I'm going to take that ASIN that I'm thinking about. I'm going to put it into Cerebro and see what it, what this, where this, this product potentially might be getting its sales from. Cerebro is going to tell me, give me a rough idea of the keywords that this, uh, this product is, fine, uh, is being discovered on and potentially what's making sales are. I'm going to see what the demand is there and what the competition is there. So I'm going to take a look and say that uh, I'm going to look for certain criteria based on uh, I want I want less than uh, 10,000 competitors, um, ideally less than 5,000 on a product. I, I like to see at least uh, three or more keywords have 6,000 exact searches uh, a month or more. Uh, but if it's on a high ticket item like this that only sells two or three a day, I, I, I have that. So I like to see some keywords that have about 3,000 uh, exact searches or more per month. Um, and then I look at that, see if there's a good opportunity there. And I like to look at the keywords to know that there's multiple keywords because most products, uh, as much as we, uh, as most Amazon sellers stuff their listings with every keyword under the sun um, that they can find, the, the truth is most products make all their sales from four or five keywords. Mm, um, I mean, you true. do get some of those others occasionally and you, you pick up one or two here or there. But, but as a general rule of thumb, probably 90% of your sales are coming from four to five keywords. So I like to see that there's a big range of keywords to pick from. I like to see there's multiple doors. So if that product only has like two keywords that have much traffic at all and everything else is like in the hundreds, then I might not do that product. But if it has 20 keywords, um, you know, I just saw one with a student of mine the other day, uh, we were going over something and I was like, holy cow, this has like 60 different awesome keywords and different ways to sell this, you know? So if one or two of these don't work, there's all these others, man, this is an awesome product to do. Uh, and the depth is good. So I like to see a lot of different keywords, a lot of different ways I could potentially rank this because I know most of them aren't going to work, but I can probably at least do well on one of them. 
That's awesome. So you're one of the first people that I've actually heard say that they choose their product not only on the criteria that you're going to see, for example, in black box or x-ray when you're actually looking at everything, but then you go one step further and look at the keywords because that's going to be the marketing side of it to see Uh if you can actually make it work. Exactly. Is that correct? Okay. That's interesting. That's exactly true. Okay. All right. And um, And then I I, I look to see if I can differentiate it. I mean, so after I've gone through that point, Okay, how can I differentiate it? Oh, hold on. Before, before you answer that question, well, let's go back to the original one. I was asking, how do you know if the product's going to sell? Is that based off of the keywords or, do you, or does it go a little bit further than that? No, so if I, well, Black Box will tell you roughly how many it's selling. It'll say it's selling, you know, 700 a month or 500 a month. It'll give you a rough idea there. But then I go and what I do is I take the keywords. After I've got the keywords, I make a list of, I find 10 really good keywords, for example, let's say I'll take those 10 keywords and I'll do a search on Amazon as a customer for those 10 keywords using the Chrome browser. And then I'll pop up, I'll use the X-ray extension from Helium 10 uh, to actually see what, what, how, what the sales volume is for all those different keywords for, uh, and see where the product ranks. And I like to reverse engineer like the top five products or my competitors and see where they're ranking because um, Cerebro and Magnet will tell you that too. They'll tell you what position. Uh, I mean, actually Cerebro is Cerebro, right? That tells you that tells you the position mm-hmm. uh, that, that, uh, that your competition has. So I can see which keywords they're on page one for, uh, or, you know, on the top eight positions or, or whatever, which is above the fold. And I can see they're most likely getting their sales from those keywords because Amazon doesn't tell us this data. Um, they, they don't give you that data, but I can tell that, if I find 20 keywords and my competition is on page one for seven of them and the rest of them, they're on page two or three, they're probably not getting their sale, much sales from those page two and three because hardly anybody goes beyond page one on Amazon. So I'm going to focus on, I'm going to look across the five guys and see which ones they're all ranked on page one for typically in the top half. And that's what I'm going to focus on. That's awesome. So let's go back to another thing you said that's really unique. I haven't heard hardly anybody talking about this is you actually use a filter in black box. Uh, You go in there and you say you're looking for products that are FBM, right? Fulfilled by merchant because then you're looking to see if there's actually FBA sellers on there. And if there's not, you're bringing that to market as a first FBA seller. Is that a major criteria for you or is that like just a bonus? I wouldn't say it's a major criteria. It's just an option. Like I said, I do it both ways. So I will do the search FBM and maybe something just doesn't come up. I don't get, you know, I get some crappy results and everything looks just like, eh, then I'll go back and I might change it to FB, FBA. So it's just a, that's why I say there's not a, I, I'm not going to give you, here's the eight steps to do, do this, do this, punch this number in, punch this number. That's what other courses and other people tell you. And that's why everybody does the same products and they think they found a home run. They get all excited. They tell the wife or, or, or the dog or the cat, Hey, we're going to be rich. <laughs> Um, you're going to be eating the best chicken in the house, you know, whatever. And, and then when they launch it, they're like, holy cow, where did these other hundred freaking people come from? Yeah. And that's, that's the problem with it. And so I like to show people like think differently and, and don't go by a strict formula and you're going to find a lot of gold. Don't go where everybody else is going. Right. And you said uh, another thing, you, you set your images to two images max. Is that, I guess, right? Well, yeah, I start there and I'll play with that sometimes. Sometimes I don't care. You know, Can you explain that, what that means? A lot of people will be like, what is he talking about searching by two images max? Yeah, so on, on your listing page on Amazon, you can most listings can have up to nine images. Usually seven of them show and there's two more that oftentimes can be seen if they click you know, to enlarge and they can see like two extras. So the fact that a product, if a product is not utilizing all those image spaces, then 
it's probably the chances are it's not well optimized. Most times, if there's only one or two pictures uh, on the listing, it's not, they're not taking advantage of selling this product. Uh, if it's selling with just one or two, and they're usually shitty, crappy pictures. Um, it, you, you could usually can look at their bullet points and their bullet points are like five words and their description is like a, a paragraph that just blurs together or if it's even there at all. It's, it's typically just automated software, some uh, college kid that's uploaded for some big company or someone that doesn't know how to, to optimize on Amazon because the key on Amazon is knowing how to work the system and knowing how to optimize and that's where most people fall down. I hear so many people, I tried Amazon, it didn't work. Uh, you know, little mom and pop shops to big corporations because they don't know how to do it. Uh, and there's a select few people that really know how to do it. And they're the ones that are crushing it on Amazon. If you know, so, so images are one of the key things is someone that only has one image and they're still making 20 grand a month in sales. There's great opportunity there in most cases to come in and just crush them with better images uh, and, and, and better copy. Yeah. So they just, basically they got lucky. They uploaded one or two yeah. images. They got into a, they just stumbled into a really cool product that's killing mm -hmm. it. And it's just, it's a product that's just waiting for somebody to come in and optimize right. super well and then take it away, take all the sales away. Exactly. Their, their days are limited, right? They're numbered. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's, right. that's, that's, that's why I, like, I say, don't try to reinvent the wheel, go in there and find the problems and fix them. And because it, and find these people who got lucky and then steal their lottery ticket. Okay. Yeah. So you mentioned by doing these, you're filtering from 450 million products, let's say down to 200 products and going through, I imagine that means there's going to be all kinds of random products. Uh, a lot of people think they have to be experts on the product that they're bringing in. Do you feel like that's important? Is it worthwhile being passionate about it? What, what are your thoughts there? No, I don't think it matters. I mean, it does help. I mean, if you're going to, if you know, uh, you know, you're a woman, you know more about beauty. It's definitely going to help you some uh, because you can relate a little bit better. Or you know, might know what you like or what, or, or how to write the copy. But as a man, I've sold beauty products. I don't know the first damn thing about 3D fiber lash mascara or using makeup mirrors or whatever, but I've sold them because I see the opportunity. There's always someone out there that you can hire a copywriter. You can hire someone that knows that stuff and can write it for you if, if you don't know it. So I don't think you need to be passionate about it. I think, you're better. You, the more thing is the better thing is there's two ways to sell stuff on Amazon primarily. You can either try to build a brand, uh, which means you're going out to an audience. So that would, that would be more like, um, okay, I'm going to target runners. And so my audience is going to be runners. So what does a runner need? They need a, uh, they need a water bottle. So that's in the sports and outdoors category, but they also need something to hold their uh, iPhone when they're running on their arm. So that's in the electronics or cell phones category. Um, so, uh, and maybe they need some socks, uh, special socks uh, to, to help their feet from chaf chafing. That's in the clothing category, for example. So you don't have to be stuck to a category. That's targeting uh, a, a lifestyle or a profile or, a, um, you know, an avatar. So that's one way to, to build out products. The other way is just find stuff. Uh, it's just you don't care if it's a brand. You don't care what it is. You're just finding opportunities and sell them. You can make money both ways. And there's schools of thoughts on both of those. Mm -hmm. um, and there's advantages and disadvantages to each side of that. But I'm not saying one is better than the other because they're just two different ways of approaching it. So let's just say that my super lucky product is it's a lunch pail, right? Uh, some, mm -hmm. uh, some kind of a steel lunch pail, but there's different colors. I noticed that there's five different variations. How does somebody that's new decide, I mean, should they go into all different colors at the, from the start? Would you say focus on one? What would you do? 
No, as a new person, I would focus on one. I mean, because you, you're going to get your feet wet first, and you want you're going to make some mistakes when you're first starting. So I would just focus on one, maybe two variations, maybe two, but I would focus on one, and then let the market uh, dictate what 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 you do because. Uh, you may not know what the colors are, what the styles are that other people want. Just because someone else is selling those, um, you can you can take a look. But in some categories, the variations all have, like in sports and outdoors, for example, um, the variations all have the same rank. Um, so you can't tell which one is really selling. So if you're selling, a, you know, uh, something in sports and outdoors, all variations have the same BSR. Um, so it, it's it can be misleading, also from a sourcing point of view, because you don't know. Um, and the same, I think that same way in clothing, I believe as well. Those two categories. Um, that's a unique thing. I don't know why it's that way. Uh, but so I start with one. I recommend starting with one variation, and then get your feet wet, get it going, and then add. You know, if it makes sense, add another one or a second, a uh, third one later, and maybe even survey your customers, your initial customers. And say, hey, we're thinking about, uh, we got this blue makeup mirror. We're thinking about doing white, uh, uh, rose gold, and uh, black. You know, which one do you think uh, you would buy or, or something like that? And, 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 and go from that and not from uh, not just flooding the market with five different variations at first. Or yeah, and I, I, I covered this actually in a previous podcast about pick food. That could be a good way also to determine yeah, exactly. what you think people would pick, right? Exactly. Pick food can be a great tool to, to, to do that with. Okay, so... I'm going to get into these. I'm just using lunch pails because I always use tactical flashlights. So we're going to switch to lunch pails. So we got lunch pails. How would you, you talked about differentiating. How would you do this? And, and would you use your competitors products to your advantage in some way beyond that? Or what would you do in order to uh, really come in crushing it on the market with your lunch pail? So you have to remember that people <clears throat> judge you by your main image. I mean, your price is important, uh, but the, the number one thing that's going to get most people to click is your main image. They'll click on a higher priced Im item if the main image looks cool. Uh, your, your title and, and your, your bullet points and your backend keywords and all that stuff is important for getting discovered. But once you've been discovered, what's going to determine is, is how, what they click on. So I like to <clears throat> take the first page of results for each of the keywords I'm targeting. And whatever I do, whatever product I, I, I come up with, I'm going to Photoshop in my, my picture on that page and make sure it stands out and make sure it's not the same as everybody else. <clears throat> so, I mean, I stay away from products where you can't differentiate. Like someone just the other day was recommending uh, something like, a, you know, plastic silverware. And there's a good opportunity. You use that on black box and you use some different tools and it looks like there's a good opportunity there, but it's just a race to the bottom. There's no way, how do you differentiate plastic silverware? Um, you know, it's, it's very, very difficult. Um, so as far as like a lunchbox, I think there are opportunities to differentiate that. One is if you have a license, you know, you could do license properties uh, and differentiate that way. Another one is, you know, eco-friendly or a lunchbox that, um, you know, has a little refrigeration part in it, or I don't know nothing about lunchboxes. I don't have kids, but I, I would think there's ways to differentiate and, and come up with a unique angle, a unique uh, way to, to actually do it, not just be uh, another guy with the same type of lunchbox, just a different color. Um, that's not going to work. Okay. That's interesting. Now, what, um, I want to manufacture this thing. What are some places to look for manufacturing of this actual product? Well, well, the number one place most people go is Alibaba.com, which is a Chinese website. There's tons of others, 1688 and Taobao. There's lots of different websites you can use in China. Um, there's also Global Sources, which I find to be a little bit higher quality supplier. You can actually hop on a plane and go over to China if you want to the EWU market or Canton Fair or some of the other uh, 
events over there. I know some people, there's other stuff around the world. I know one of our good friends uh, is down in Brazil right now at an ingredients market uh, that, that, that he's, uh, you know, looking at ingredients for some of his products. You can find great stuff in the U.S. from the Thomas directory. You can just Google private label plus your your keyword or your product name. Um, you can look at trade shows, you know, if in the U S if there's a, like in uh, every, uh, every summer, there's a big trade show in, uh, in, in Vegas called Cosmoprof for beauty pro products. So you can actually go to the Cosmoprof website, for example, and look at, get a vendor list, look at all the vendors there and then go to their websites and see what they have uh, without even going to the show. Um, hmm. So there, there's lots of different ways you can, you can find products, uh, uh, sourcing of the products and okay. another another way is reverse engineering uh, your competition on amazon there's 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 software tools that will let you do that okay cool and um any, any types of products that you would stay away from other than lunch pails <laughs> um and silverware and silverware um, yeah no yeah products that are um I'm not afraid of electronics. A lot of people stay, stay stay away from electronics. I'm not afraid of those. Um, but I would say anything that's that that's illegal, you know, or is used in illegal things, you know, like stuff that's for weed, for example. Even though it's legal in some states in the U.S. and now it's going to be legal in Canada, it's still some areas it's not. So anything that's supporting that could be a problem. Um, anything that has a uh, high regulatory stuff that has that has a lot of needs for. Excuse me. <coughs> A lot of stuff that has high needs for regulatory issues. I would stay away from those. I like to stay away from things that are made of glass or that yeah. can easily, easily break. Um, some hazardous materials, you know, liquids, some of the cleaning liquids and stuff like that can be a problem. Uh, those are some of the ones I would definitely stay away from. Yeah, basically, I think most sellers have probably ordered a ton of stuff on, on Amazon. And if you've ever received something that's been damaged, right? Just think about why it was damaged. I know for a fact, I've ordered stuff that was glass. I've ordered stuff that had glass uh, or liquids in glass. You get the package and it's all busted up. So just certain things that you kind of want to stay away from. Glass is definitely one of them. Anything that can stab someone, maybe for liability, anything that somebody could eat that could poison them or their pets, maybe try to stay away. I actually had an electronic product, Kevin, and someone says they ate it and got sick and I actually had my, my product Ding for that. Can you believe that? It's an electronic oh, product. I can believe it. So, I mean, I just thought of a couple other good websites too uh, for the sourcing. There's one called 10 times, the 10times.com. It's a great one to find uh, if you can't go to trade shows. And there's another one called PLMA. I think it is P, yeah, PLMA. It's a big association uh, for, uh, for trade shows. And those are some great places to find products too. So, you mentioned earlier, you did an example of $5,000, but how much money, I mean, if somebody asks you, how much money do I need to start to start, you know, to start selling on Amazon? What would you say? Do you have a recommendation of any kind? Yeah. I mean, you can start with, you know, as low as you want, but you're going to have trouble. You know, people that say you could start with 500 bucks. Yeah. You could start with 500 bucks, but good luck. Uh, you know, three years ago, that's like you were saying earlier, things have changed. It was easier to start with 500 bucks. Nowadays, all those, th those low barrier to entries are pretty much gone. So I recommend at least five grand uh, to have to, to put into your inventory to have a, a fair shot. I mean, could you do it with less? Yeah, it's going to be a slower grow. The, the more you have to put in, the better. And all these people that you hear that say they started with 500 bucks or a thousand bucks, unless they started four or five years ago, um, 
that they might have started with that much, but you know, a week later they were getting a loan from their uncle or from uh, the bank or they sold the car, didn't pay the mortgage and use that to finance it. There's something that they did uh, because this that is the downside of this business is it does take money. <clears throat> but despite that, the ROI that you can get if you do this right is incredible. I mean, like if you take five grand and you put it into the best mutual fund on Wall Street, I think after three years, you're going to have about 7,500 bucks or so. It's like a 50 some odd, about a 50% return on your money, which is not bad. Most people would say that's, that's great. You know, CDs are like 1% a year, whatever the heck they are right now in the bank. So that's great. But you take five grand and you put it into an Amazon business and you don't need to take money out to live on. Uh, you can, you, you, you have your regular job or you have other money to live on and just keep working and turning that and you you follow the way that we teach and the, the methods that we teach to get the right margins and stuff you can t potentially turn that five grand into about 50 grand in three years uh, nowhere else can you really do that um, and so it, this business is crazy it's a real business unlike all these other shiny objects you know cryptocurrency was a big, big boom and then it busted drop shipping. And, you know, you see it all the time on the internet, uh, affiliate marketing, affiliate marketing is still not bad, but there's, there's tons of things that come out every day and cool people selling courses. And, you know, this stuff works for the people at the top. It's almost like a pyramid scheme. The people at the top it works for, and then the ones at the bottom, it doesn't work for, but Amazon is a true business. I mean, and Amazon's growing every year. So people always say, Hey, is this, am I too late? Is the opportunity over? I say, absolutely not. It's better than ever. Is it as easy as it was three years ago? No, it's a real business now. You can't just slap your logo on a, a spatula and, and, and put it out there and make money like you could. But if you treat it like a real business and know how to approach it, I don't think there's ever been a better time. And you got to remember what was a 2000, Amazon has doubled their sales since 2016 in the U.S., doubled their sales. Uh, so it, you remember what was a 2000 BSR product uh, in 2016 it might be a 4000 BSR product now, but it's still selling what the 2000 was, if not more. Uh, yeah. you know, two years ago. So there's still plenty of room and it's only growing bigger and bigger. Uh, I want to, I want to go back to the $500 uh, starting point for, for this business. Cause what a lot of people don't realize is that there's a there's a long lead time from the time that you, you order your product to the time it arrives to Amazon to the time that you replace that, you know, another order and it arrives again. So unless you're somehow ordering the stuff here in the U S and you can get things turned around real fast, it takes a while, right? So you, let's say you put 500 bucks in and let's just say you can double your money. This is an example. We're just going to double it, right? So you're going to get a thousand bucks, but it takes you a month to get it here to the U.S. And, uh, and in a month to manufacture, you're still two months out each, every single time. That would probably be doing it pretty fast. So then you double it to a thousand, but it takes you, you can only do that five, six times a year. You could, if you were able to do that consistently, then it starts to add up. But if you start with 5,000 instead of 500, look how much further ahead you would be right? You're, you're cutting out almost a whole year's worth of time. So yeah. Five, I think $5,000. If you just have an average run of the mill product, this is not a bestseller. This is something that sells like eight to 10 units a day. Just, you know, which is this, you know, if you put it in baseball terms, that might be a bunt or maybe on first base. I mean, it's not a big seller. It's, it's a run of the mill pack eight mm -hmm. to 10 units a day with, with a 25, 30% margin. And you can turn it four times a year. You can turn $5,000 into about 20 to 25 grand in profit in a year. If you, if you do it right and maybe more, if you hit, hit, hit a home run, uh, or less, if you, if you screw up and don't pick the right pro product. All right. Speaking of not picking the right product, what happens if Kevin, we pick the wrong product, just doesn't succeed. What would you do at that point? <coughs> Excuse me. It made you cough. It's such a serious <laughs> question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. So, uh, what, what I would do with, uh, with, with a product and I've had that most big sellers, you know, most of these guys are doing seven, eight figures. You know, I've had failures. You've had failures. Most yeah. of them will tell you, yeah, it, everything doesn't work. 
Um, but what I do is I basically reduce the price to just above break even and just let it sell out. And usually I end up selling, unless I just made a huge mistake and ordered 5,000 or something at the beginning, which I never do. Never start. I never start with more than 1,000. I think the highest I ever started with was 3,000 on something just because that was the minimum. Mm. Uh, but, but you can usually sell out. So I had a product, a, a beauty product that I just couldn't get it to work. I had like 900 units left over. I just reduced it down to basically break even and just sold a couple a day until eight, nine months later, I was out. So that's the beauty about this, that you can also pull it back and liquidate it, try to sell it on eBay or, or do other things. Um, and the same thing with these people that say that they only have $500 to start. If someone has 500 bucks and that's all they have, I would recommend you start doing arbitrage. It's a little bit harder now than it used to be because of all the gating and stuff, but you can still, you can play around a little bit and maybe you can take $500 and maybe double that to a thousand. Uh, if you do some online arbitrage, which is a whole different discussion and different way of selling on Amazon. Um, but you, you could make a little bit of money that way, but it's better to come into the private label game with a little bit of money. And the beauty of, it, of this is, is after about a year, if you, if you keep your nose clean on Amazon and you're a good boy or girl, Amazon will start offering you money. And other companies, there's other companies that have sprout out out there that will offer you money. And so once you've proven yourself, other people will come and they'll offer you 10, 20, 50, 100 grand or more to help you grow. Okay, awesome. <coughs> cool, cool. So I think we've gotten through a lot of stuff. I, I want to ask one last question because a lot of people are like, well, maybe Manny kind of mentioned if we don't, if we buy locally. Are there any good places to start with if, if people don't want to go to China, if they want to source in the US, for example? Do you know um, of anything that's good? I would look at the, the tr local trade shows like the PMA or the uh, the 10 times.com or go out to the ASD show or go uh, or just do a Google search for us manufacturers or go to the Thomas Thomas directory. Okay, cool. Awesome guys. So there you have it. We went through a bunch of, a bunch of different ways of picking profitable products. Kevin kind of laid it out. He's shown a way to really automate uh, a lot of the research, the stuff that essentially you just can't do with you. And you got over 500 million products out there. It would just be impossible, even if you had an army of VAs to go through everything manually. So there's just better ways to, to filter things, to sort things. He had an awesome idea on how to go through and actually validate that product based off of keywords to see if there's something, uh, you know, if he can actually market it correctly through that. Hopefully you guys got a lot of nuggets. I want to mention that Kevin is not only a mentor to the advanced audience, right, through our Illuminati Mastermind training. He also alluded to a course he's been mentioning it, your freedom ticket. I didn't actually even mention that in the beginning, Kevin. You want to quickly tell people what the freedom ticket is about and if somebody's interested, where they can go to find out more? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. The freedom, the freedom ticket is a, <laughs> uh, the freedom ticket is a course for uh, new sellers. I mean, some people, if if you have if you have never sold on Amazon, or maybe you just launched and you have one or two products, or maybe you took another course and, and aren't feeling satisfied, um, the freedom ticket is aimed at, at, at for you. It's 60, 60 some odd modules, twenty two hours of a of in depth training. I, I, I've seen a lot of courses. There's a lot of courses out there. Um, there's some good ones and there's some really bad ones. Um, but I think mine is the most in depth and the most A to Z. And I teach you how to think, uh, not just how to be a robot so that you're going to have a better chance of success. And then you also get direct access to me every Monday. I do a live Q and a, uh, so you can, you come on and uh, ask me whatever you want, uh, through your whole journey. Awesome. Cool guys. So freedomticket.com. That's where you want to go. And Kevin, you're also in, you're actually in a number of Facebook groups. You're also in our FBA high rollers group. Guys, if you have any questions for Kevin 
or for me or for anybody, come join us. There's over 50,000 community members there. It's called the FBA High Rollers. You can get there by uh, going to ampmpodcast.com forward slash Facebook. And um, as I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, this is just part one of three. I'm going to have, after Kevin has a, another drink, he's been talking for a while. Uh, it, we're going to uh, start probably uh, number two. And uh, yeah, we're, we're going to have a three-part series that's going to go into, you know, what you should do on Amazon even deeper. The next one's going to be on creating a good product listing. And then we're going to be driving into, or diving into how to drive traffic to your Amazon listing. So Kevin, I know you, you, you need a sip of water there. Yeah, I do. Thank you for joining. And guys, we'll uh, talk to you later on. Take care, everybody. You've been listening to the AMPM podcast hosted by Manny Coates. For more information, insider, insider tools, tools, and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit ampmpodcast.com.